0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and welcome to the show, everybody. It is my favorite time of the year. You got the NBA playoffs about to begin. You got the Stanley Cup playoffs about to begin. But we are on the eve of March Madness. And honestly, it's just such a fun time of the year that, you know, you get more casual fans paying attention to sports. And, you know, it just makes it fun overall when people just uh, start talking about uh, teams that they would obviously would have no other connection to other than their alma mater, or just something random to happen on TV. So without much further ado, I'm going to get into March Madness for the 2019 season. Uh, I'm going to do things a little bit differently this year where I'm going to separately break out each region rather than doing one full-length podcast uh, through uh, the entire tournament. So we're going to break it up by region. Yeah, so I'll I'll go through each region, but first I'll I'll kind of do this uh, to do list on just the nature of uh, brackets because I I still feel as though the cardinal rules get violated each and every year. So I'll say these uh, words of advice uh, just in terms of how you should look at your entire bracket as a whole because you really should be looking at it as an overall product as much as people like to uh, pick by random items as colors or any sort of things that they just hate a certain team like (coughs) Duke, um, you know, just uh, all in all, the biggest thing people fail to pay attention to that they really shouldn't is the scoring format of their actual bracket pool. Uh, Depending on how it's set up, whether it's the... Uh, one uh, point uh, for the first round, two points for the second round, four, eight, 16, and then 32 for the championship. Or if it's a different scoring format where it's one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, there are different ways of going about it. Uh, upset uh, bonuses involve uh, involvement. You know, you need to kind of go through and see what the scoring format of your league is because that ultimately kind of ends up kind of uh, sorting out uh, the, the cream of the crop versus everybody else in the pack. Because, you know, while it's all fun and uh, good to just uh, pick upsets here and there, but you have to quantify it by the opportunity cost of, you know, you make certain uh, uh, selections, and if that upset bid doesn't pan out, you got to think about that next round you missed out on Potential points because you picked the upset too early. I mean, it's always fun picking certain upsets, but you know, you, you have to kind of bear that in mind with the overall construction of your uh, NCAA bracket because, again, depending on the scoring format, uh, given uh, the the typical uh, 1, 2, uh, 4, 8, 16, and 32 setup, you're missing out on a ton of points late on in the bracket that you might have uh, you might have been able to have if you kept one of the favorites in longer rather than picking uh, an early round exit in the first weekend of the month uh, of. so again just food for thought but the uh, the scoring format plays a pivotal role uh, just sizing it up because again while I know it's not the sexy pick to pick favorites you know The long and short of it is that picking too many upsets early kind of hurts you long term because again, you know more often than not most of these upset picks uh, have a thirty percent chance at best of panning out. You know if it's an eight nine matchup, yeah, sure go for it. But uh, you know once you start getting into the that uh, range where it's and I know the five twelve uh, always seems to be an interesting one, just because sometimes teams get overseeded, some teams are underseeded. Uh, I'll talk about that through throughout each region, but I, I just always want to throw out that proviso that you know you should be looking at it from the perspective of you know if this pick doesn't pan out, where else am I going to get points uh, from in my bracket? So. Without much further ado, let's get into the East region because, I mean, long story short, this NCAA tournament is about Zion Williamson and Duke. Whether you like it or not, Duke has the two top picks in the NBA draft on their roster with Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett uh, uh, in the mix. Plus, you still got Cam Reddish, who's still going to end up being a top... uh, Most likely, uh, in the top seven, I'd be shocked if he slipped any further than that. And then Trey Jones, uh, as the point guard, is still uh, highly likely to end up being a first-round pick in uh, this year's draft as well, provided he has a strong tournament run. You know, Duke's just loaded uh, with talent. It's uh, more reminiscent of what you would expect out of uh, some of uh, uh, John Calipari's Kentucky teams. The way Duke is set up with uh, Coach K this year, but you know they're the prohibitive favorite. They got the absurd two to one odds, which you never see in uh, NCAA pools. I, I, you know, given how many games they actually have to win, like two to one odds. I mean, you you <laughs> you're looking usually in the range of you're you're looking at at least uh, bet it if it's a four to five. Uh, odd uh, spread for the overall favorite two to one. I mean, it's just, it's not even worth a uh, uh, th- throwing, uh, throwing out cash for that one, but that's how strongly the public's viewing Duke's chances. And the odds makers are viewing Duke's chances uh, just as much. It's, you know, I don't want to call this a coronation ceremony because we got a long way to go. And uh, anything can happen in an NCAA tournament. I mean, one thing f- for sure, one of the, The biggest knocks on Duke is their outside shooting from three-point range and their free-throw shooting. Obviously, you don't want to get into foul trouble against Duke because they can easily go on spurts, and it is very difficult to match up with Zion Williamson. I I would say in terms of player comparison, it's hard to get a read on the guy because uh, for those of you who uh, haven't seen him play, uh, basically he's two, uh, He's 260 at 6'8 with the quickness of a cat. I mean, he moves around like a. he's a shooting guard when he has a power forward's body. And the closest comparison I've seen uh, to him, the way he's able to maul college defenders right now, is a young Shaquille O'Neal. Not as tall, but just being able to be that bulldozer uh because you can't match up with him uh physically and because he he just can spin around you and and just get to the hoop without much difficulty whatsoever so i mean duke is the prohibitive favorite uh by uh a wide margin over everyone else in the tournament uh i mean the first round matchup i mean again this is not going to be a- anything uh out of the ordinary duke's gonna roll uh so we're, we're just gonna move on to the 8-9 matchup uh, between vcu and ucf uh vcu comes into this one uh you know it's still part of the uh, american athletic conference uh i mean uh, uh i would say in terms of actually i, I said it, uh i'm saying ucs part of the american athletic conference uh, vcu's in the 8-10 but um this is one of the more evenly matched uh, teams in uh, the first round matchups uh, mainly because of the fact that you know they both play in that low 70 range they tr- uh, they both have similar conference uh, records. They don't really have uh, as much of a, a large spec profile. I mean UCF uh, does have some wins against top 25 teams. Uh, just because of playing in the American Athletic Conference, but you know the one thing that UCF does have over VCU is they've got Taco Fall, who is a seven uh, seven foot six center, and you'll see him when he's on the court, folks. Because again, it is hard <laughs> to not to see a dude that tall uh, play basketball, um, and. Obviously, being that tall, he's a shot blocker. So uh, UCF uh, has the advantage from a defensive standpoint. Um, You know, VCU uh, plays an aggressive uh, attacking style defense. But, again, this one is more going to be splitting hairs uh, for the most part. Uh, I I would say I give a slight edge to UCF, uh, even though they're a slightly lower seed. But uh, that one is a, it's a matchup where, again, depending on how your uh, scoring format goes, you can easily pick UCF on that one if you're in a format where uh, you're getting uh, the point uh, for, uh, for the correct pick as well as adding points to the seed. Just because, you know, for uh, these types of matchups where it's a 50 50 or the lower seed has a slight advantage. It's in your best interest to try to give a little bit of a boost to the lower seeded team uh, when you're picking out your uh, uh, selections just from the standpoint of uh, your expected value of getting that extra point there could make a, uh, make a difference uh, down the road and prevent you from having to pick an upset too early. So, uh, moving on, uh, we'll talk about Mississippi State versus Liberty. This is one of those matchups that... You know, everyone keeps touting as those classic five twelve upsets. Uh, you know, I get it from the standpoint of Mississippi State is not exactly a sexy pick. Uh, you know, they 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 run a very scattered, but uh, uh, kind of setup. Just because uh, it's a ball hawking defense, they are. Uh, they rank uh, in the top twenty in both steals and block shots, uh, but they they play a very aggressive style of defense. They don't really uh, do a great job on the offensive end, and that's the reason why that they have such a lousy record against top twenty-five teams, even though they played in the SEC and don't really have that impressive of a profile. They got to beat up on more cupcakes than anything else. Uh, and when it came to actually quality competition, they, they lost most of those matchups. Uh, you know, Mississippi State, I can't say, is a very a strong five seed uh, I, because I think they got overseeded, it, 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 to be frank. But uh, from a standpoint of uh, their opponent, Liberty, even though uh, they they, uh, they come into this with a 28-6 and six record, uh, played a... a pretty strong non-conference schedule, you know, and have one of the most efficient offenses and defenses in, in the, in the entire NCAA. One of my biggest pet peeves uh, on uh, teams like Liberty is that uh, according to the offensive efficiency uh, rankings uh, through Ken Palm. uh, So Ken Pomeroy does his annual rankings of every NCAA team. So all 353 teams, uh, you know they they do the statistical analysis of offensive uh, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, and tempo efficiency. And Liberty ranks 346th in the nation in in possessions. You know they play at a very slow pace. Not as bad as Virginia. We'll get to Virginia eventually once I I get to the South Region, but. The overall issue that I have here is the fact that Liberty just plays at a slow enough pace that, you know, when you're an underdog, you need more possessions than your opponent. Otherwise, you're forced to actually hit... uh, You have to hit so many shots in order to pull off an upset and shoot at a high clip, so... You basically uh, Liberty's going to have to shoot the uh, ball from beyond the arc, above forty percent to beat Mississippi State because of the way Mississippi State plays. They force you to play faster than you would like, and I my fear for Liberty is the fact that if they turn the ball over and aren't comfortable with the pace, this could get out of hand quickly, and that Liberty ends up being kind of playing at a at a at a, a pace that they're they're not comfortable with. And you know it's when you're not doing something you're comfortable with, it it, it, it usually ends up in a in a situation where you're giving up a lot more easier uh, baskets than you're comfortable with, plus the fact that you know uh, from a size standpoint, uh, most of Liberty's players are going to be giving up uh, pretty much uh, three to four inches across the board in terms of height. Uh, the tallest player on Liberty 6'8, you know, that's really, uh, really overall short kind of compared to most teams in the field. That's why this is not one of my favorite picks for a 5'12 upset. I think there are better options on the board here. I know folks are, you know, kind of beholden to the 5'12 pick, it's just not one I would go for here. Moving on, we got Virginia Tech in St. Louis. Uh, The Billikins got in. You know, it's I mean, they they got in uh, based off of uh, winning uh, the A-10 tournament. And I still think that uh, St. Bonaventure's was the better team in that matchup. But uh, give St. Louis credit. They they pulled it off. But, uh, you know, St. Louis just had a disappointing year overall, even though they were the preseason favorite to win the A-10. They managed to get into the tournament anyway by winning the A-10 tournament. Um, But, you know, the issue is that, uh, and it is where uh, St. Louis has struggled all year, uh, they are ranked 205th in offensive efficiency. They're not a good free-throw shooting team, which is also a terrible combination to go along with the fact that they're terrible at shooting three-pointers. So, you know, the issue here is that uh matching up against virginia tech they're an excellent three-point shooting team they're excellent at uh, offensive efficiency and they are uh ranked in the top 30 in terms of defense to me this is a terrible matchup for st louis because uh, virginia tech does pretty much everything well uh they're not they're not a. Uh, they, they don't necessarily uh, jump out at you as like an elite Final Four team. But if there is a team in the field in the East region that can knock off Duke, I actually like Virginia Tech chances uh, uh, better than Michigan State. Michigan State uh, isn't as proficient shooting three-pointers as Virginia Tech. And if you're going to beat Duke, you need to be able to hit three-pointers at a high clip Uh, and Virginia Tech uh, shoots just under 40%. Uh, That's what it kind of takes to beat Duke. I I like Virginia Tech's uh, chances more than anyone else in this entire region. Uh, I I just think that this is one of the more lopsided matchups uh, against uh, St. Louis, uh, whom, you know, great run in the A-10 tournament. I I just don't see them being able to do much against uh, a Virginia Tech team that, pretty much outclasses them in most of the fields that, that, uh, St. Louis would need to be able to, uh, get easy buckets in. And I, I just don't see it happening. Moving on. We got Maryland playing the winner of the playing game between temple and Belmont, uh, temple, uh, basically is on the verge of forcing out, uh, their head coach friend, Dumphy, uh, who's uh, been at the helm for over a decade and basically been one of the staples of of Philadelphia sports. uh, Well, college sports, uh, I should say uh, for almost 30 years, uh, given uh, his uh, prior runs uh, with uh, Drexel and uh, 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 Penn uh, University as well, uh, making the dance uh, numerous times. But, uh, I think Belmont's uh, a better team than Temple, so I think Belmont gets uh, uh, gets through. And then they matching up against Maryland. I, I, you know, I would say Belmont has a shot against Maryland. I just don't think that they're necessarily a good chance of beating uh, a Maryland team that is very good with uh, offensive defensive rankings. They're both in the top. Uh, they're Top thirty in both uh, instances. Uh, played a tough Big Ten schedule. Matched up very well against uh, uh, tough competition. Maryland plays at a slow pace. I mean, you know they're they're in the bottom third in terms of pace, in terms uh, of tempo. But from a weaknesses standpoint, you know they really don't have anything glaring. I, I would say uh, Maryland. You know, is is going to be a tough out in this tournament. I I really don't think that the you know the biggest thing Belmont can do or uh, Temple uh, could as well, depending on how the game goes. But the the way to beat Maryland is to force them to turn the ball over. Uh, the Turps are bottom third in terms of uh, uh, turnovers per possession because they they rank around. 20 20 uh, percent of their possessions end up in a turnover so if you can get them to speed up the pace maryland's ball handling issues could re- uh, rear their head again but you got to be able to get them out out of the rhythm and, sp- and speed up uh, uh speed uh, speed the game up so you know you got to be able to control pace and in order to control pace you got to be able to score so Belmont does have the uh, proficiency to shoot the ball well enough. Temple, not nearly as much, uh, because temp, uh, temple, uh, Temple's going to run the Princeton offense that, uh, Duffy's, uh, Duffy's, uh, has always been an advocate for. So, you know, if temple gets through, they got no shot against Maryland. I'll just be perfectly blunt. Uh, if Belmont gets in, uh, Belmont has, uh, has a shot. I just don't think it. it it's uh, it's going to happen against Maryland. Moving on to what is just <laughs> a mess of a re- uh, of a game. You got LSU, which shouldn't be in in the tournament. I'll get to that why. And Yale, uh, winners of the Ivy League uh, this year. LSU, for those of you who don't know, uh, there's a large scandal going on in college basketball with uh, wiretaps, uh, federal wiretaps, uh, catching numerous college coaches in compromising conversations discussing payments and bribes to uh, prospective players. So LSU's head coach, well, soon to be former head coach, Will Wade, the guy is currently suspended from the team, uh, is on multiple... uh, uh, tape recorded conversations uh, discussing uh, payments and uh, gratuities made uh, to a player that is pretty much strongly alleged to be uh, Javante Smart, uh, the star player for LSU, uh, and what was uh, being offered uh, to him. Uh, long story short, Wade is going to be out of the picture. The NCAA, regardless, cleared Javante Smart to play in the NCAA tournament because they cited that he has fully cooperated with their investigation thus far. Even though pretty much everyone suspected that uh, Smart has been paid off or uh, his handlers uh, have been paid off, it's not anything that's relatively new in college sports. The only thing new about this is the fact that the FBI is involved w- with the case, and the NCAA doesn't want to outright uh, take LSU out of uh, an NCAA tournament uh, contest because of the fact that LSU had a dominant SEC run this year. Uh, they were sixteen two in the conference. They 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 racked up twenty six wins on the year. I mean, they had a terrific uh, run this year through the beginning of the year until the story broke about the FBI wiretaps over the past uh, month so they got knocked out early in the SEC tournament Uh, this is a game that you know I have certain reservations about because I don't know which LSU team is showing up if it's the team that started the beginning of the year Great, but the fact of the matter is is that LSU has spent, the I would say, 95% of their uh, uh, conversations with the press answering questions about the federal wiretap investigation and who else might be linked to uh, some of the payoffs going on. So LSU has a lot of distractions on their mind at the moment. And from an efficiency standpoint... Yale's one of those teams that is very annoying to play against. They shoot the ball well from the outside. They don't turn the ball over that much. It's not a great matchup on paper because LSU is incredible rebounding the ball on the offensive glass. But, you know, from a shooting aspect, they're not a great three-point shooting team. I kind of look at this game as... The last time Yale knocked off a team in the first round uh, in Baylor, uh, going back a couple of years ago, I think it was about three years ago. uh, LSU measures up pretty closely to uh, what Baylor usually does, uh, being long, athletic, good rebounding team, not a good outside shooting team. Uh, This would be one of those upsets I wouldn't be shocked by because of how much is going on internally with LSU. Rather than the overall dynamics of this LSU team, if this was like played out out in the box and there was nothing going on, this is an LSU win all day. But there, there's a lot more at play going on right now, and that's where my concern is that you could actually see an upset with this one. Moving on, we got Louisville uh, playing Minnesota. Uh, Louisville. In the American Athletic Conference, uh, having a bounce back year uh, because realistically, this was supposed to be a rebuilding uh, project with Louisville after the whole scandal with Rick Pitino, uh, the escort services being provided to players, uh, being sus- uh, multiple suspensions being handed down, and basically Chris Mack leaving Xavier taking a huge payday from Louisville to help resurrect their program. This was expected to be a multi-year project. He's got them back in the tournament in his first year, which is a tremendous achievement. And, you know, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that uh, Louisville is just very good on the defensive end. Uh, You know, they won't blow you away from an offensive standpoint, uh, but they, they do do an excellent job with health, defense, and just being pesky. Uh, the issue uh, that Minnesota's going to run into is that, you know, they weren't all that pre- impressive uh, to begin with. Uh, the team's actually coached by Richard Petino, so it's Rick Petino's son uh, that's matching up against Louisville, which I, I just found. Uh, I, w- I was wondering if that was some type of attempt at black humor by the... Uh, Uh, NCAA putting those two teams together. But be that as it may, uh, you know, uh, Minnesota just is not very good at at offense. Uh, uh, From an offensive efficiency standpoint, they're not very good. They're in the bottom third in terms of uh, uh, offensive uh, rankings and efficiency. And they are pretty much below average uh, at three-point shooting and field goal uh, percentage. Uh, you know, they they have to create offense through ball movement and, uh, and back cut screens to get their offense. And I'm not entirely sure Minnesota is going to be able to uh, generate enough offense with a good defensive squad in Louisville. Uh, this game's not going to be one that's pretty to watch. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that off the bat, but... I just think that this uh, plays well into what Louisville does best, and uh, Louisville should uh, just be able to move on here. Moving on, we got Michigan State uh, playing Bradley. Bradley uh, being what should be a Cinderella story, except for the fact that uh, Bradley, upon winning their conference tournament, banned all media access to media members that they felt were unfair to the program when they had eight losing consecutive seasons in a row. So, uh, instead of having a sweetheart story, it's more of which team has more baggage from a public relations standpoint. Because, obviously, you got the Michigan State scandal uh, dealing with uh, the Larry Nassar issues over the past year and a half in the media. And then you got this Bradley story. So, you know, the media is not going to do any favors for either one of these clubs. Michigan State's got a squad that can easily make the Final Four. got to get through Duke. People are pissy about the seeding of teams. You know, I felt Michigan State should have been a number one seed over Gonzaga. You know, it worked out that Michigan State got uh, the highest ranked number two seed. So, by virtue of that, they get placed in Duke's region. That's just the way... Um, the NCAA uh, handles uh, handles uh, their seating for teams. But, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, when I look at this region as a whole, I, I just look at it, if Duke's going to get knocked out, it's more likely to happen in the Sweet 16 against Virginia Tech than it would against the uh, Spartans in the Elite Eight. I, I just feel as though... Duke's biggest test is going to come with Virginia Tech getting some extra time. It's a team that knows Duke very well. They play him all the time in the ACC. They've seen the tape on Duke. Uh, you know, play playing him uh, multiple times uh, in the regular season and in the ACC tournament, Virginia Tech's going to have an idea of how to go about uh, going after Duke. Which is why I, I think they have the best shot at taking out Duke rather than Michigan State. Michigan State, they have the they have the ability to do it. I just think Duke's talent is too good to uh, to carry through today. So I would say overall, uh, Duke should come out of this region um, and obviously represent uh, uh, represent the East region in the Final Four. But uh, that's where I'm kind of looking at it from a tournament standpoint. Um, Moving on, uh, you know, I still think Duke's the overall favorite to win the NCAA tournament. Uh, But uh, we'll get into uh, some of the other regions uh, coming up in the next episode. So that's going to do it for uh, this show. Uh, Stay tuned to uh, some of the upcoming episodes so you can kind of get a preview for the other regions. But. That'll do it all for now, so have a good one, folks. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.